Hey, in a couple of weeks, the turkey hunting season opens here in Alberta. Sadly, despite my love of hunting, fishing, and, and most things outdoors, I have never hunted turkey. My excuse has been that uh, I have mostly lived in uh, northern areas far from where turkeys can be found. But the idea of getting all camouflaged up and calling in a turkey appeals to me. And what also really appeals is just getting outdoors, sitting in the middle of the bush, spending time quietly, well, except for your turkey calls, and just enjoying the beauty of it all while experiencing the presence of God in the middle of his created world. So turkey hunting, it is on my bucket list. One of these years, I'll make it happen. You see, for me, the outdoors is a bit of a thin place where I easily experience God. It's where I powerfully enjoy the presence of God and well up with praise and adoration of our great God. The outdoors reminds me that there is an awesome God, a great God, the creator of all things, and I am not him. But that this awesome great God loves me and, and, and wants to connect deeply and personally with me. The creator of it all wants to have an ongoing sweet relationship with me. I mean, so, so cool. Now today... We're in our second message in our series called Amen, which is a series about prayer, and we're using the Lord's Prayer as a framework for learning how to pray. And today we want to focus on the power of adoration, the power of letting our hearts well up in worship and praise of God, and how we can enjoy God's presence and praise and worship. For me, that is often in the outdoors, but it could be in your living room, sitting on one of your favorite chairs, or even on the bus on your way to work. Since God is everywhere, he can be experienced everywhere. It's just that some of us have special places that become thin places where we find it particularly easy to connect with the presence of God. As part of the Lord's Prayer, we want to work with today is, is the first part of that prayer. It's where Jesus taught us to start out with these words, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, when we pray, we, we first direct our prayer to our Father in heaven, and then we immediately move into adoration and worship as we consider what a big and great God we serve. Hallowed be your name. To put it real crassly, we worship before we fill our shopping carts with prayer requests. Is that crass enough? Here's the thing about prayer that I, I think we often miss. Prayer, firstly and mostly, is relational, not transactional. Prayer is primarily a, a way that we grow in our relationship with God. And that means when we come to God, we must first come to him to give and not get. We start simply by getting into his presence. We, we want to enjoy his presence, and in his presence, we give him adoration. And really, that's the key to what we do Sunday by Sunday here as well. Okay, what is adoration? I love this definition of adoration from the 1662 Anglican Book of Common Prayer. Adoration is the lifting of the heart and mind to God, asking nothing but to enjoy God's presence. Prayer is first and foremost all about relationship. It's about enjoying God's presence. It starts with adoration. But then as we sit in God's presence and uh, worship him, we, we become so very aware of how good and great our God is. And it is from this posture of worship that our lives change, including even the circumstances of our lives. But with prayer, we got to start with our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. 
Well, with that as a background, let me throw in a little church history uh, with a quick story of Francis of Assisi, who was born in 1181. That's like 840 years ago. The story is told of this wealthy lawyer who heard reports of a 25-year-old ex-soldier named Giovanni, who we know as St. Francis of Assisi. Everyone was talking about this uh, young guy from a wealthy family who had recently given up everything he owned and give, gave it to the poor. Was he mad or uh, did he have a genuine experience with God? Everyone in this little town where Giovanni lived uh, had an opinion, pro and con, about this guy, whether he was the real deal or whether he was a nutcase. You, I mean, you didn't even need Facebook back then to have a debate, right? So, with all of this polarized talk swirling around about Giovanni's uh, radical sacrifice, this lawyer, who I would describe as a spiritual explorer, he, he decided to find out for himself. He, he invited Giovanni over for dinner and to stay the night at his home. But what Giovanni didn't know was that his host had drilled a secret peephole into his room and stationed himself for the night to spy on Giovanni. I know, that sounds real bad, but it's not too bad, okay? Just, just stay with me. Well, when night came, this lawyer watched in amazement as Giovanni sprang from his bed, knelt down, and began to repeat a single simple phrase again and again. My God and my all, my God and my all. And tears began to flow down his cheek. My God and my all. The lawyer was so impressed by Giovanni's passion for God that he too gave away all of his wealth and became the very first disciple of Giovanni, who would become known as St. Francis of Assisi. The year is now 1209, and within a year there are 11 of them, 11 disciples of uh, Francis of Assisi. And then within a decade, there were more than 5,000 of them, and they became known as the Order of the Franciscans. Within 20 years, the Franciscans had totally impacted the history of Europe with their passion for Jesus, including their love for nature and how they experienced God in the outdoors. They were known for continual acts of love and compassion as they worked in the margins of society. The nativity scene that you see in churches and in uh, homes comes from St. Francis. The Stations of the Cross that you see in Catholic and some Anglican churches that tell the story of the death of Christ through pictures, you know, before there was a printing press, that too comes from St. Francis. Vladimir Lenin, who led the Communist Revolution that founded the Soviet Union in 1917, said this, Give me ten men like Francis of Assisi and I will rule the world. I don't think Francis would have been very impressed with that statement because the revolution he founded was not about domination, but adoration. Francis was all about the power of a life fully surrendered to Jesus that cries out night and day, my God and my all. And it was out of a passion to worship Jesus that Francis of Assisi developed a powerful order of missionaries who have helped shape the world that we live in today. Okay, let's move to the Bible and look at a story there. We, we looked at this story from the book of Acts a little earlier this year, and it's worth a second look. For those of you who want to find the story in our Bibles, it's Acts chapter 4, starting at verse 31. What's happening is the apostles, Peter and John, are hauled up before uh, the Jewish court called the Sanhedrin because they are telling the story of Jesus all over the place, and this new movement in Christians is gaining traction. People are starting to follow Jesus, some are getting healed, and the Jewish leaders are not impressed. 
So the Jewish leaders throw Peter and John into prison. But uh, there's a huge public outcry against all of this. And under political pressure, the Jewish leaders release these apostles from prison and order them to be quiet, to shut up about Jesus. Let me read you the words Luke wrote in Acts. And what I want you to listen for is the role adoration plays in prayer and what happens when you begin your prayer with adoration. Just try to see the power of adoration in this story. Acts chapter 4. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in, in prayer, in worship to God. Let's stop there. What's the first thing the church does when Peter and John are released and told to shut up about Jesus? Did they respond by planning how they would push back on the Jewish leaders, the Jewish government? Did they moan and groan about how terribly Peter and John were treated? No. The very first thing they did was move into adoration. And all together, out loud, at the same time, they all shouted out their praises to God. Boom! An explosion of passionate, loud worship. Now, there are churches today that worship that way, more so in Africa, Asia, South America, as well as a few more charismatic ethnic Canadian churches that worship by shouting their, their praise all at the same time. It, it's kind of wild, it's full of passion, but it's really genuine. Let, let, let's keep reading. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. This is worship. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord, against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. And now we shift from worship into petition. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wow, what a powerful prayer meeting. But don't miss where they started in this prayer meeting. It was with adoration. From adoration, they, they moved into petition that God would give them boldness and courage. But they started with adoration. And the Holy Spirit shook the place they were in and, and gave each person who was praying a boldness, a courage to speak the word of God in a world that was persecuting Christians. It all started with adoration. They raised their voices in prayer together. I really want to drive this point home. What we need to see here is that they spent a lot of time in adoration and worship before they moved into asking God for anything. It all started with adoration. Hey, there are 137 words to this prayer. 35 words are asking God to move with power. The rest are words of adoration and praise. That means 74% of this prayer is worship stuff. It's telling God things that he already knows about himself. So what are they doing? They are looking at the bigness of God before they get to their much smaller problems. Friends, this is the key to prayer. We gotta look at the bigness of God first. We gotta pour out our hearts in praise and adoration long before we bring our request to him. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's where we begin. And that's where the early church began. That's, that's where Francis of Assisi began. My God and my all, my God and my all. In our staff meeting this week, uh, Shauna, who works with Emily in, in Children's and Family Ministry, led us in a word of devotion. And the passage Shauna chose was a passage that Lucas was also working through on his own, and it lines up with what the early church did. It, it, it lines up with what Francis of Assisi did. These are the words of David when he and his soldiers are in the middle of a battle with his son Absalom, who has kicked his father off the throne of Israel and, and led an insurrection. Absalom now has uh, most of the troops of Israel under his command, and he's out to take his father down along with his ragtag group of soldiers. Hey, this is a very dark time in the life of King David. And he writes, and let's look at the first two verses of this psalm. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Hey, he experiences God in the middle of the outdoors as well, just saying. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You start with adoration. You consider how big our God is. We lift our eyes up to God with hope, expectancy, desire, and confidence. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is truly great. Nothing is impossible with God. Okay, we are now over a year into this pandemic and now in the middle of the third wave of COVID. It, it is striking harder and closer to home. COVID is now in many of our homes. There are now over 600 active cases in Wood Buffalo, mostly here in Fort McMurray, and mostly in kids and young adults. There are another over 260 cases in the various work sites around town. Right now at Fort City, never have more people been overtaken by COVID than right now. Never have more in our family been locked into home isolation. Never have more of our kids been exposed to COVID, tested positive for COVID than right now. A year ago is nothing compared to this. And if you're a parent of a school child or if you're a school teacher, chances are your life is pretty disrupted right now. Many kids are at home, many schools are moving online, and it's not just 14 days of quarantine. If you're, hey, if you're exposed to a particular uh, variant, it could be 24 days of quarantine and you gotta work and make a living and you've been given 24 days of quarantine. And if you work in the restaurant or pub business or operate or work at a gym, your life has been disrupted and on and on and on it goes. Friends, what we need is help. Powerful, constant, effective help. We need a very present help in trouble. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Our hope is in Jesus. Our help comes from him. But friends, before we cry for help, we look up. We look up to see the greatness of our God. We look up and, and get our attitudes adjusted as our fears are driven away. We, we look up and we are gripped by the bigness of our God. Before we bring our request to God, we just look up and say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And friends, we come to our Father as sons and daughters of God Almighty. We come as his children, his beloved children. 
Because prayer is first and foremost all about relationship. We look to our dad who made us and loves us. That means we don't start with prayer requests. We don't start by taking. No, we first come to the Father not to... We come to him first to give, not to get. To give praise and adoration. To give thanks, to worship. And as we do, we we bask in the presence of our God. We enjoy his presence, and in his presence we give praise. This is what Assisi did, Francis of Assisi did. My God, my all, my God, my all. And hey, out of those words of adoration came one of the most powerful movements within the Roman Catholic Church, a, a movement that God has used to revolutionize, transform the lives of millions of people over the past 800 years. And this is what the early church did when confronted by an order from the government to shut up about the message of Jesus. They leapt into adoration first and spent time in worship before they brought their requests before God. And wow, did God ever move in response to their worship and prayer? He shook the place and every believer in that prayer meeting uh, was given a spirit-filled boldness to bring Jesus to a world that was at war with the Christian faith. And in the process, the church took off. Lives were changed. The history of the Roman world changed. And we're here today. And probably that prayer meeting has a link to us today. I don't know what you're, you know, experiencing, what you're going through right now. I know that a lot of you are going through a lot. But here's what you need to understand. Here's where you need to begin. Get your eyes on Jesus Look up to where your help comes from and say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, my God and my all. Get your eyes off of the problem. Get your eyes off of the mess you're in and get your eyes on Jesus. He's a whole lot bigger than any problem you're up against. He is able and he loves you. It's about relationship first and out of relationship, everything else flows. There's an old chorus we used to sing in my younger days in church. I'd like to sing it for you, but Lucas won't let me. But I can say it. It goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full at his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's true. Get your eyes off of the problem. Get your eyes on Jesus. I lift my eyes up. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So let's do it. And would you bow with me as I pray? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, we come to you right now with hearts that well up with praise and adoration that you, the creator of our lives, our world, and everything that exists, you want to have a deep and intimate relationship with each of us. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you that with you nothing is impossible, that we are able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine because of you. But more important than what you can do for us is you just being with us, doing life with us, and filling us with your life-giving Holy Spirit. Thank you for your powerful presence in our lives. Would you just fill us anew with your presence and power? And today, we do come to you with hearts that are aching, with issues that for many of us seem unbearable, and we just lay them at your feet as we look up to you. 
we, we, we lay them at your feet as we first enter into your powerful presence. And, and as we are in your presence, would you graciously touch us at our point of need? And, and as you do, may our changed lives bring glory and honor to you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.